0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla starts production on the very first test fleet of Model 3s. We learn what battery size the Model 3 won't have. The P100D Ludicrous Model S sets yet another quickness record and much more. Good day to you, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 80 for February 12th, 2017. Joined by a snoozing, Maggie the Boxer, who uh, a week can't seem to go by without me worrying about her in some capacity. She's recovered super well from her two big dental surgeries. Her, uh, She had her follow-up. Everything looks good. I think I told you that last week. But she is not eating, so uh, she's not eating enough. So just they have me weighing her once a week now, and then we'll go from there. But uh, <laughs> it's just like the poor dog, I'm just uh, just trying to get her healthy. But we're doing everything we can, and I appreciate everybody's well wishes. They everybody always, uh, most people ask about her on on the ride the lightning calls or on emails, and appreciate you thinking about her. But uh, on to Tesla stuff this week. You know, while I wouldn't quite say that the dam has burst just yet on Model Three in- information. This is absolutely, I think, the biggest week of Model 3 news since arguably the week of the Model 3 reveal almost 11 months ago already. So let's not waste any time. We'll get right to it. And we start right here with a huge Reuters exclusive. Big hat tip to Reuters on this one. Tesla is shutting down the Fremont production line during the week of February 20th to begin, quote, test building the Model 3. The shutdown is going to allow Tesla to add capacity to the existing paint shop because obviously that paint shop, which currently handles both the S and the X, and it's going to handle the 3, it's going to have to get a serious upgrade in order to handle that much higher of a volume. So the paint shop's getting an upgrade and they're doing, quote, other general maintenance. A Tesla spokesperson confirmed the production pause, as they referred to it, by saying, quote, this will allow Tesla to begin Model 3 production later this year as planned and enable us to start the ramp towards 500,000 vehicles annually in 2018. The Tesla spokesperson added that the pause was not expected to have a material impact on first quarter production or delivery figures as the company had added production days to compensate. So I guess they're, uh, they're doing some, maybe some long weekends or long weeks, I should say, and short weekends in Fremont at the Tesla plant. Some other tidbits from this, uh, and that is this, despite this is despite Elon uh, saying that the car's design had reached pencils down status last year, Reuters' source said that the design changes were still underway for the Model 3, uh, which I'll tell you, it could, you know, you just gotta be real, we gotta temper our expectations. That could potentially hinder the ramp up to full production if something gets tweaked They've got to stop and adjust, or something gets tweaked and then and goes wrong, or something goes wrong and requires a tweak. So again, I don't want I want to make sure everybody is in my most of all myself uh, is keeping expectations grounded, so that we don't get our head too far up in the clouds uh, before it's warranted to do so. But I wanted to talk about this. Obviously, this is a huge story this week. So the first thing I wanted to point out. These should be the alpha cars. I'm already seeing some people in some outlets referring to these as betas. They're probably not going to be betas. The betas, if you're, if you're going uh, based on the Model S and the Model X, are gonna come much, much later. They'll be much closer to production. They'll be sort of basically the last thing before production. Also, uh, as far as the number of these things, we don't know. It could be anywhere from a couple dozen vehicles in this test fleet to a couple hundred of them. You remember that story from uh, maybe late last year that said Tesla had acquired enough parts to to build up to 300 test, you know, test cars, Model 3. So it's not to say they're going to build that many, but it could be up to that many based on that bit of data from late last year. And then on the alpha beta subject just wanted to point out if these are alphas remember that the exterior and or the interior could still end up getting tweaked a bit if you again if you go back to the model S alphas there's there's video of this of a silver alpha there are photos of the, of alphas they did change ever so slightly in the cosmetic department so uh that could still happen on the so it, when you we inevitably start seeing pictures in the wild of these Model 3 Alphas. They won't be final final, but they'll give us a really, really, really good idea of what the car's looking like and where it's at. I would expect this to be discussed, I don't know in how much detail, but I would expect this to be discussed on the uh, the fourth quarter slash full financial year 2016 conference call with analysts that's coming up on the 22nd. So... Uh, stay tuned for that again. I already told you. I'll be covering that. I'll have the usual thing I have for you, which is all the best quotes just filtered out, filtered down for you and, and uh, served up. The At the very, very least, even if, if somehow Elon dodges it on the comp, doesn't mention it and then gets asked and dodges it, I would expect it to at least get mentioned in the investor letter, that PDF that goes out along with every every quarterly report because the timing of this is just too coincidental the fact that they're starting model three test fleet production the week of february 20th and they have a conference they have a the q4 call that week i can't imagine that's a coincidence that so this i expect to hear about this on that call from tesla uh the other thing we might hear about on that call, in my opinion, we may very well finally get an updated reservation count on that call. Um, if we don't, I think we'll get one at the Model Three Part Three reveal event, where Elon can come on stage and say, "We now," you know, as talks about the car and say, "We now have over you know five hundred thousand, we have over half a million reservations for Model 3 you know, unle- it's un- unprecedented in any industry, particularly the automotive industry. But again, I I, I think I mentioned this last week. I'm going to be on a business trip on February 22nd. So unfortunately, I'm going to be unable to participate in the call itself as I've been able to do for the last couple of these. But uh, number one, <laughs> I I haven't been called on when I've tried to ask a question in the, in the couple of these that I've been on so far but uh again i will I will be diving back into the archive, and I'll again be be diving in finding the good stuff for you guys and putting it on that week's show and and again the last i guess the last point i wanna make on this topic is and it's one i I almost hate to keep saying this, although actually <laughs> actually I'm glad to keep saying this as opposed to the what the alternative is. Again, this is yet another indication that everything is proceeding on schedule and that this uh this is a good num. this means a good number of us may very well be taking delivery of our Model 3s this year. It it's still on track to happen cuz we continue continue to have absolutely zero indications either from Tesla officially and directly or from a single source anywhere, anonymous or otherwise, zero indications that Tesla has hit any snags or delays so far in Model 3 production. I mean, we go back, remember that Elon and Tesla talked about trying to learn from the mistakes of Model S and X when they had, they suffered production delays, they had cars that were slow to get to customers, they had a lot of frustrated reservation holders. They said that they were. They learned from all that and were doing their best to have that not happen again with the Model 3. And again, we t- so far can take them at their word that everything appears to be on track. It was not like this at this point in time with either the S or the X. Both of those cars had suffered delays by uh, by the time they were allegedly you know six to nine months out. So this is great great news so far, not only for Tesla as a company but obviously but more importantly for everybody listening, for all of us with Model 3 reservations. This is fantastic. Next this week is some more Model 3 news. This time, it does come straight from Elon himself, and that is Model 3 will not have a 100-kilowatt-hour battery option because, according to Elon, the wheelbase can't fit a 100-kilowatt-hour battery. So the question then is... What will it top out at? It's it is uh, not. Let's call it maybe not a million dollar question, but maybe let's call it a sixty thousand dollar question. I'm going to tie it now. Let me allow me, if you please, to tie another story into this discussion. Another news item: Electrek bagged a scoop of their own this week. Both Reuters and Electrek, both with with home run scoops. Electrek uh, has a source telling them that Tesla is currently testing. A 70D Model 3, a 70-kilowatt-hour pack in a Model 3 with dual motors. Now, by Electrek's own math, they use watt hours, a watt-hours-per-mile estimate. You know, the, the S's do between, you know, they tend to get 280 to 325 watt-hours per mile, depending on the, the variation of the S you have. The X's can go a bit higher because they're just bigger, heavier cars. But using a watt-hour estimate based on the efficiency gains that are that Tesla has said to expect with the Model 3, Electrex suggests that the the 70D Model 3 could theoretically get just over 300 miles of EPA-rated range with that 70 70 pat uh, pardon me 70 kilowatt-hour dual motor configuration. Uh, remember as well that they're factoring in that the there's the 3s are all going to have the new 2170 battery cell architecture, which is more energy dense than the cells that are in the S's and X now, effectively meaning that Tesla is going to be able to get more power out of a cell than they can today. Now, who knows I have no idea what the prototype that I rode in on March 31st was packing. Remember, I, I, if you remember back, I was in the car with Doug Field, who is the senior vice president of engineering at Tesla, and it was the silver prototype that you've seen photographed around and on, you know, magazine covers. And I asked him, you, if you remember, I played the audio, I, I asked him on the drive uh, about this, and he, he Doug, did confirm in, in the car that the one I was riding in was a dual motor car, but he didn't give any battery specifics. But uh, anyway, the point being, so if the 3 won't be able to fit a 100-kilowatt-hour pack, I don't think it's going to be too far off. Uh, I don't think 70 is going to be the top end of things. Because after all, remember, the Model 3 is about 90% the overall size of the Model S. So, you know, the wheelbase... Is going to be about is roughly ninety percent ish, most likely the Model S uh, wheelbase. Now the three is also not quite as wide, so that that takes away some cell capacity as well. But uh, but again, so it's, it's you know it's it it is a smaller smaller car, but not much smaller. Ninety percent of the the overall size of the S plus the three is going to have again the aforementioned higher density battery chemistry, the twenty one seventy cells. So based on that, my guesstimate, I want to just emphasize that, (laughs) my guesstimate is that the top battery option is going to be at either somewhere between an 80 and a 90 kilowatt hour. I think that's, there will, Tesla will go that high. We know they can do it. They're doing it with the S and the X now. And I'll tell you, if, if Tesla has any plans to roll out the 70 that they're testing and, you know, Why else would they be testing a 70 if they don't plan to roll it out? That would seem inefficient, which is not something that we use to describe Tesla very often. I bet there's going to be an 85 or a 90 that gets maybe 325 miles of EPA rated range. Again, I can only speculate, but using what we know now with the fact that, you know, it's it's going to be let the bottom the base battery options less than 60 the top end is less than 100 so i think we're going to get three battery options feel free by the way to flag <laughs> to flag this part of the show and throw it back in my face later when i'm terribly wrong because this is what always happens when i make predictions but i think we're looking at three battery options 55 70 kilowatt hour and 85 which will get us approximately i think just you know just rough guesstimates here 225 miles on the 55 275 on the 70 and 325 on the 85d so uh and probably the p85d would be you know 290 to 300 if i had to just take a shot in the dark at it i that just seems like good spacing as far as not only the the battery the physical battery size but also the range gap between you know there there'd be people that would wanna you know be fine with the two twenty five again I know that two fifteen is what they said but uh, that's what Elon said at the reveal, but he was very careful to say at least two fifteen and we've already seen the bolt come around with two thirty eight I think it is so you know, a lot of people have speculated they think Elon won't stand for that. They'll make sure that the base Model 3 exceeds the Bolt. I don't know, you know, I, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure, especially since the, the Bolt has now been sort of shown to be a compliance car, which is exactly what Elon feared. I played uh, audio of that a few weeks back, three, four, five weeks back. Um, I'm not sure Elon particularly even is worried about or spending a moment thinking about the Bolt uh but i i i think 225 or so on the base 275 for a, a mid range which a lot of people would probably go for and for the people that you know just want to go want to have a ton of range 325 in a you know potential 85d situation so that the only question i think isn't whether or not that's it's going to be uh three packs but whether it's going to be Two packs, pardon me. Let me. I'm not saying this well. I think the only question is: Is it going to be three separate battery packs—a 55, 70, and 85—or an is it going to be two packs, say, the 70 and 85, with the with the the lower you know base version being a software lock, so that anybody that buys the base version could give Tesla an extra you know five to eight thousand dollars later to upgrade their range if they get their Model 3 and figure, oh, wow, this Tesla is really cool just like everybody said it was, but, man, I feel like I could be using more range and then Tesla could just be like, well, just touch a few buttons on your dashboard and we're happy to make that happen for you. I I could absolutely see Tesla doing that, not only for the upsell possibility. Because, again, remember who is going to be buying the base Model 3s. It's probably going to be a whole. It's probably going to be mostly people who've never had an electric car before. Granted, I realize most of us are people that have never had an electric car before, but especially as it pertains to the Model Three and especially the the base thirty five thousand dollar version. So, if Tesla can afford to sell them a car that actually has a seventy kilowatt hour battery in it that's software locked, that does a couple things. One that allows that person to charge to hundred percent all the time, which kind of gives them more range than they would have in a native 70 kilowatt hour pack, which needs to be charged to 85 or 90% in order to maintain battery health. So that might help them kind of creep closer to or edge out the bolt even on uh, EPA rated range. But also again, it would give that, that, uh, potential upsell option for down the road if someone gets into the, you know this is going to be their first electric car and they get into it and they like it but maybe they end up driving it in the winter time and find like oh okay well that's you know the range thing is it cuts a little close for my purposes and oh but i can i can spend you know five grand to upgrade it or whatever and I'm like oh maybe i'll and that's you know that's that's a i could see that being a a net positive for tesla uh, financially speaking, in the in the grand scheme of things, we shall see. I think that's entirely possible, but I do think it's looking more and more like we're going to get three battery options and not two. Because if the base if the base option is 215 or 225, uh, I just don't see. You know, there there is there will be a bigger battery option, but it's and I got to figure that big bigger battery option. It's not just going to be 250 or 260, because that's just look for the S. I, I just I see them getting close to, if not exceeding, 300 EPA miles uh, of of rated range, and so I just don't see the gap. I don't see, I don't see there being just two options, either a you know 215, 225, and then all the way up to 300. I do I think there's got to be a middle step in there. So we shall see. Next up this week... Uh, oh, sorry. No, there was one more point I wanted to make on this. And that is Elon also said in this, uh, this, this series of tweets that he mentioned that the Model S and the X aren't going to go above 100 kilowatt hour. So the three won't be getting 100 and the S and X are not going above that, which is really, really interesting. He said the pickup truck might... And that the semi will naturally have to. So, the insane pace of improvement that Tesla has been on for four years now, it's going to slow down. Which I've been, I know I've been talking about in, in a recent episode, or or maybe even more a couple of them. Because now you can you with this with that statement by Elon, if you're looking at an S or an X, if you're thinking, man, I'm into, the, I'm I'm sold on Tesla. I want to get one, but man, they're advancing so quickly. Maybe I should wait, or maybe I should lease instead of buy. You know, you can you can now look at this and say, okay, if hundred kilowatt hour is it for a while, uh, hardware two for for the new version of autopilot is it for a while, uh, and that's going to enable full self driving. Then you know what? Yeah, you 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 can uh, you can probably comfortably buy an S or an X without it, without necessarily worrying that it's going to be (laughs) I don't want to say obsolete, but you know, outdone with a newer thing by the time you even take delivery of it. Now, Elon did just say a week or two ago that Tesla will always keep innovating and that they're going to have substantial updates to their cars every 12 to 18 months. But this, at least we can, we can now actually see the curve slowing down we can see the curve flattening out on the on Tesla. Uh, it had been the curve had just it had just been spiking nearly straight up for a while. But hardware to 100 kilowatt hour feel free to get your SRX if you've been if you've been thinking about it. Um, now an interior redesign on the S could be the next major improvement that they make to the car. Because remember, I did this story fairly recently about the interior design lead that they hired away from Volvo. But I figure with that, like I said at the time, it it remains to be seen whether or not uh, that Tesla is going to also tie that to a Model S total exterior redesign in a few years, or if they'll do an interior redesign sooner it's entirely possible because um, you know i mean knowing tesla they're not going to want to sit around and wait to do the interior in a few years if elon and the team feel that it needs it now so we'll see next up this week motor trend set a new world record in the model s quickest zero to 60 time for any production car ever Any production car, not electrics, not 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 limited to any categories, production other than production cars. They got it to 0 to 60 in 2.275 seconds, which is simply a wow moment. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I drove the P85D, like I said, I, I reviewed that for IGN, and that that bad boy. Did uh at the time 3.2 seconds. They did a software update later, took it to 3.1, and then of course Ludacris came online and a bit a uh, bit later. But so the car I drove did 3.2, and that felt like that was the most gleeful gut punch roller coaster I've ever experienced in a vehicle of any kind. And the fact of the matter is the 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 s the same car just beat that by a second by 33%. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now, it is worth noting. I just wanted to pass along some observations from this cuz you may have read the Motor Trend article or you may have watched the Motor Trend video. And it, you may have noticed the, the same things I did if you did read and or watch that. So, those things are this. While The Model S that Motor Trend tested is fully production level with no modifications. Note that the car has no sunroof or all glass roof. It's a body roof for the least amount of weight. It also had no trunk liner in it. Elon actually took to Twitter afterwards to say that if you want to lighten your load just a little bit, you can have Tesla service take yours out too if you want to. That car was almost certainly charged to 100%, which day-to-day you're not going to do in your car. And it was definitely, because they straight-up said it was, it was definitely using the Ludicrous Plus Easter Egg. And the last big thing that was probably the most obvious of all, if you took a look at this, this car was rocking the 21-inch arachnid wheels that you can only get from the referral program prize uh, winnings, or potentially you could buy one from someone who got them in the referral program and sold them to you. Because remember, and if you're asking, well, what difference does it make? The arachnid wheels Tesla claims are lighter than the uh, than the stock 21-inch turbine wheels. So they, Motor Trend did every... Um, for lack of a better term, legal <laughs> trick they could to get this Model S as light as possible. So, uh, in other words, you're probably not going to be able to match that 2.275 number on the street or even on the track. But, if you do have a P100D Ludacris, uh, you would definitely be able to come close enough that you're almost certain to destroy anyone who is trying to go toe-to-toe with you. Just remember, always be careful if you're, wherever you are punching it, be careful. But this this is still, again, setting aside the fact that Motor Trend, you know, and and presumably in cooperation with Tesla, cut, I don't, again, not cut every corner, but took every advantage they possibly could here. Uh, This is awesome. It's just so awesome. Elon knows that performance gets attention. And look, this, this story was shared everywhere. This was all over the place. Uh, now, Elon may not be doing this for attention, and by this I mean, you know, setting, setting up record-setting runs with Motor Trend. He might not be doing it for attention, but performance, what performance does is get car guys going to Tesla's website to learn more about the cars. And that potentially gets more people in the door with Tesla and converts more people over to the uh, potential joys of electric car driving. It, this all goes back... This uh, What I'm talking about now goes back to my theory. Pardon me if you're a longtime listener who's heard this before, but my, my personal theory that ludicrous exists primarily because... Nobody started making electric cars like Elon thought and hoped and invited other car makers to do back in his acceptance speech for the Motor Trend Car of the Year award uh, that the Model S got in 2012. He said, I hope other people copy us, and no one has. And so it is my conspiracy theory, I guess I don't know if it's a conspiracy, but it is my maybe a little out there theory that ludicrous exists primarily to shame other car makers into building electric cars in order to try and keep up with what Elon Musk and Tesla are doing. You may think I'm crazy. You may be nodding your head like, yeah, you're making sense. Maybe you're somewhere in between. <laughs> I'm not sure, but that I'm, that's my theory. And I'll tell you, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I am sticking to it. A couple of more little stories this week. Uh, Quickly here, for all of you owners of brand new Hardware 2-enabled Teslas, Elon did also mention on Twitter this week that summon, auto park, high beam dim, wiper sensors, and auto steer outside of highways should be uploaded to Hardware 2 cars next month. So if you have a new Tesla and you've been waiting on that functionality to come around, look for it in the month of March. But again... Elon time, just take it with a grain of salt. One other update for all of you Model S and X owners, perhaps you've gotten this update pushed to your vehicle already, but uh, if you haven't, you will soon see in your maps screen that superchargers, which of course are all noted on the map, they now show you how many stalls are available in that moment, which is awesome. That's something that people have been asking for for a while. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, that'll help alleviate the congestion by helping to reroute people to other near superchargers when, when one is full. But the, the comment I wanted to make about this, because our friend Nick Hoffman, a Patreon producer, a friend of the show, that he was the first to give me the heads up on this. And I had to message him back because... I was confused, and I think other people could end up being confused also. So the, if you look at it, if you look at a picture of it, the icon on the map that's above the supercharger location, it looks like a battery bar with, with these orange bars filled in for every stall that's filled, okay? So that, that sounds on paper like it makes sense. But when you look at it, in my humble opinion, it feels a bit backwards and here's why. So uh, that uh, meaning a fully filled bar is means that no superchargers are available. And the reason I think that's a little bit backwards is this. Because Tesla teaches Tesla owners everything in the car. Everything in the car teaches you that a full bar means good things, means you've got plenty of juice. This is good. You're, you're in good shape. So here, a full bar is bad. It means all the stalls are full. You want an empty bar on this, on this particular graph. Uh, now, it's worth pointing out, you can also tap each supercharger site on the map, and it will give you a full... It'll give you everything in pl- in just plain clear English, if, like me, you're might have been a little confused by the icon. It'll say, uh, you know, uh, Harris Ranch, seven of eight stalls available. So it'll just tell you if if you tap it. But I kind of thought that that was a little bit backwards. Maybe again, you may disagree, but when I looked at it, I was confused, and for that reason, but um, also of note, by the way, just about that. Another Tesla source tells me that these things, that that the map is supposed to ping the superchargers for updates at least once every five minutes. So, uh, the reason I say that is that means that your in car, your navigation in car should be fairly accurate pretty much all the time, which is great. That's exactly what you want it to do. Uh, And remember, too, by the way, final point. Remember, all of this cool stuff that's being rolled out now should be in the Model 3 from day one. So, again, just more good stuff to look forward to when we, take, when we all take deliveries of our Model 3. Finally this week, a quick note to my caller from uh, last week's episode who was from India. And to any other listeners that I might have out there from India, good news. According to a tweet from Elon Musk, Tesla is hoping to launch in India this summer. So that is fantastic news. So to that gentleman who was cons- who called in last week and was considering buying a used Model S, uh, I had told you that you don't have any superchargers yet. Well, you now should be getting them fairly soon. So it Should be sometime this year if, uh, if Tesla intends to get into the region in the summer. Right? You should reasonably expect some superchargers. To roll out uh in that time frame as well so that is excellent news of tesla entering look getting set to enter another very large very uh fast growing market good stuff there all right that is enough talking from me my goodness my clock my counter on the says 34 minutes straight of me yapping away so uh, i will take a breath here come back and again Just several more outstanding, excellent, thought-provoking calls from you guys in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. So let's do that right after this short little musical break. It is your time to shine here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I love this part of the show. I love it more every week because I'm just continually thrilled with the calls that come in each and every week uh I get, again get so many of them that i can't get to them all, or else i'd have a two-hour show and again i want to be respectful of your time so uh if you don't hear yourself odds are you're going to make the the uh, patreon exclusive bonus episode that goes up at the in the route usually the first weekend of any month but for now we've got a handful of good stuff lined up good calls here in the ride the lightning hotline which i encourage you to call Anytime, day or night, leave a message. There are two ways. You can either call the toll-free number or, or Skype it, and that's one 989 8752 That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or you can, e- you can just record into your phone and email me that file to email it to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Now, as for the hotline, it is kindly provided by LifeOnRecord.com. So, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. And again, the site to check out for more is LifeOnRecord.com. I want to start with Pascal in Morocco, who, uh, he, is, he has a very interesting thought In response to my chatter last week about the cost of autopilot and the cost of self driving on the Model 3 and whether it will be the same price or cheaper than the S and the X. And then uh, right after that, I'm just before I start talking again, I'm gonna play Lawton from Chicago, a call from him, our old friend there. He calls in on the same topic, and both Pascal and Lawton are kind of on the same page here, so I wanted to give them both their due. Uh, so let's listen to these two quick calls, and then we will talk about uh, what they have to say regarding autopilot's cost on Model 3. So Pascal and then Lawton, go ahead.
1: Hi, Ryan. This is Pascal from Morocco. I'm not a long-time listener, but I have to share with you how amazed I am by your devotion and consistency to put the show out each and every week with, without a ditch. Uh, following the last week question about the the cost of the autopilot suit in uh, in Model 3 uh, I have to share with you a different perspective because I think you missed uh, the main point on that Uh, since you are in the uh, video game industry you know that uh, uh, software has a cost and a a huge cost Uh, for Tesla this uh, autopilot software is a huge asset that they have to pay off over the, the years but uh, it not, it's not a, a recurring cost. I mean that they can choose how and when uh, to amortize this, uh, this asset. If we, if we had access to the, the cost breakdown of this uh, autopilot, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the cost was not so much about hardware than it is about software amortization. Um, although the uh, 8,000 bucks we have to pay for a full autopilot suit on an S on an X, or, or an X. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the, the hardware is not more than 3000 bucks, uh, where, where the rest is for software and, uh, and margin, of course. In respect of uh, Elon's master plan part one, I'm sure that uh, this amortization will be mostly made on SNX to lessen the cost of autopilot in the uh, model three. I bet that, the, that this uh, option will be no more than 4000 bucks. On a Model 3. This is my 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 bet. Uh, so cheers uh, and please give a big hug to MTB.
2: See you. Hi Ryan, it's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to follow up on the topic from Episode 79 of Mile 3 Option Pricing. I can agree more that economies of scale will make upgrades significantly more affordable. I anticipate upgrades to cost around 25 to 50% less than equivalent Model S and X versions, given that the starting price for the base Model 3 is about half the price. However, I think that software upgrades to unlock autopilot and self-driving options will be the most affordable of all. We already know that all Model 3s will ship standard with the sensors needed for self-driving. Given that this is a sunk cost for Tesla, they will want to maximize upgrades to self-driving. Software development lends itself very well to economies of scale. Since the autonomous sensor hardware will most likely be the same among all models, the additional cost for Tesla to adapt the self-driving software from Model S and X platforms to Model 3 is minimal. Thus, I expect the cost of upgrading to self-driving to be around $4,000 or less. The average profit margin of a car company is around 8%. Given the hundreds of thousands of mile threes that will likely take advantage of upgrading to self-driving, this could potentially be a huge profit center for Tesla and go a long way towards keeping the company profitable. Look forward to your thoughts and keep up the great work.
0: So, Pascal, you are correct, and Lawton, you are correct, too, in that you are both looking at this from a different angle, and again, that's why I love the call-in part of the show, Uh, and you may very well be right. both of you may very, very well be right because the hardware costs will only go down as Tesla manufactures the cameras, sensors, and radar in larger and larger quantities. But the man years put into the software development, that's the real investment. So I hope you're right that S and X are paying for that now and that, per the master plan, the secret master plan, all of that's leading to a more affordable self-driving solution for the Model 3. So uh, thank you to Pascal and to Lawton for the excellent call. And uh, Pascal had actually requested that I give Maggie the Boxer MTB a big hug. She's looking at me, she's laying down and kind of looking at me with one eye like, what are you doing? Maggie, I'm going to give you a big hug right now. For Pascal, here we want a big hug. Okay, good girl. All right, <laughs> that was for you, Pascal. All right, let's move on. Oh, now she's up and shaking off. Sorry, Mags, I didn't mean to to wake you up. Uh, let's go to Dave from Silicon Valley, who we've heard from before. He, in fact, we heard from him. He was considering whether or not to convert his 90d Model S order into a 100d order. So Dave has called in with his decision, as well as uh, some, some points, of, or at least food for thought, to chew on here. So, Dave, take it away.
3: Hi, Ryan. Uh, this is Dave from uh, Tesla country in Silicon Valley. You, uh, you had a question back at me about whether or not I was going to actually get a 100D versus the 90D. Um, just to give you a little history, we, we did 72,000 miles of traveling in three years uh, on our pre-autopilot 85 only had a few range issues um, when it came to the trips, um, but most of those are irrelevant now with the supercharger network expansion that's gone on, although I have, during those periods of time, seen the warning to slow down to ensure reaching the next charger when I pushed a little too hard, drove a little too hard, or started with inadequate range. Um, The idea of skipping superchargers is a great idea, and certainly easily done even now with uh, a good full charge and start off early in the morning and and skip the next charger and, because usually the first charger, especially leaving from home, is only forty fifty miles away, maybe a hundred miles away, and so getting to the next one's not too bad. And the extra range of a ninety will do that for me. Um, the idea of doing it during a trip, though, if you stop for a nice long lunch, would be great. Except that it does tie up that supercharger slot. Um, it takes, you know, you probably know about. The same length of time to do the first two-thirds of a charge as it does the last third of a charge because it uh, ramps down on the on the amps. So that side of it, um, just for consideration of others doing the skip the supercharger thing, probably doesn't actually save you a significant amount of time—five, ten minutes maybe—because just the amount of time to get off the road and get the charge to get to the next charger. Um, versus sitting at a supercharger for a double charge, basically. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with the 90 because I think for us, the the free supercharger factor with the amount of miles that we do, it's going to be a significant cost um, in the long run because I do imagine we will be doing this for the long run. Um, anyway, enjoy listening to you, and uh, I've got some other stuff I'm sure I'll call about, and we'll talk later. But thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for the update, Dave. I I was absolutely curious what you had decided. And, you know, you make a couple of great points that are relevant to us future Tesla owners. And that is, on trips, being able to skip superchargers might not actually save you a ton of time due to the tapering effect when the battery fills up. Uh, Still, though, you know, range is always king. And you and I, Dave, both live in Northern California, and in fact, really California in general, where our Tesla batteries won't often be adversely affected by, by weather, either, ex- either extreme weather, hot or cold. But you know, for many other folks who are going to be making long-distance trips in the winter in uh, you know, Midwest, East Coast, in their Model 3, you know, maybe over Thanksgiving or the holidays – that bigger battery can make an enormous and perhaps even critical difference but you know it, it, dave your 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 wisdom is appreciated and i suppose the lesson the lesson here is to think very very carefully about your individual use case when you're when you're ready to order your car and then make your battery choice accordingly you know for you you looked at what you use the car for and the that extra jump from 90 to 100 kilowatt hours wasn't worth it for you. And that's that good. You just saved yourself three grand so that you can, you can take that three grand and put it towards, you know, an extended warranty or a service plan or save it for tires or use it to get an expel wrap uh, on your car any, any million number of things. But uh, you know, for, for other you know, folks in other climates and scenarios it might be worth it for them to go ahead and make the make the jump up to 100. In fact, on that note, here is Manouche. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I, I couldn't quite pick it up perfectly on the phone, but believe the gentleman's name is Manouche. He's in the Bay Area as well, and he also uh, he replies to another of my uh, another of my uh, raps from last week. I remember I talked at the top of the show about uh, I noted the, the seeming rarity of multi-coat red Model Xs, and he's ordering one. Uh, and in fact, he mentions a bit about the 100 kilowatt hour battery option. So uh, Manoj, go ahead.
4: Hey Ryan, this is uh, Manoj calling from the SF Bay area. Listen to your podcast almost every week. Uh, great job doing that. Um, awesome information I gather um, week in and week out. Um, Something which uh, struck me is uh, it was your discussion uh, on the last week's podcast regarding the uh, red Malai Code Red Model X, and coincidentally, what happens is I have just placed a reservation for um, a Red multi Code uh, Model X uh, 100D, and um, how we arrived at this decision was uh, we actually went to the Fremont factory and we saw we were actually torn between the blue and the red, and um, once we saw and we were lucky enough to see both of them side by side. And, you know, we really thought, okay, red is the way to go, uh, at least in, you know, my wife and I I's, by uh, and um, opinion. Um, and, you know, I'm, I was kind of surprised as to how much the multi-code red looks kind of like the signature red in low light. I think, uh, you know, they might have sh- uh, changed the shade a little bit um, or darkened it or something like that, uh, but it really looks, uh, really looks good, like close up, even for the Model X. So uh, we went for it. And also the 100p upgrade, uh, which I've paid the extra $3,000 for because, you know, I, I want to get all the range I can get. Uh, one question I had, though, uh, I've been curious for a while, is why is it called multi-coat red? Um, is it because it has many coats or or is it, is it a combination of multiple shapes? I was not really sure. Um, anyway, great work. Uh, keep, keep it up. And uh, yeah, listen to your next podcast, too. Bye.
0: Well, first, I want to say congratulations. Uh, it, is, it is going to be, no doubt, a long month or two as you wait for that new red Model X to get built and, and into your hands. It's, it, and again, like I said, it's it was funny that it, I just happened to... We also heard from Dave this week, who, had, you know, we, as we just heard, he's stuck with 90 kilowatt hours for his S, and you're going with 100 on your X. It just, it just further illustrates my point about choosing what works for your individual use case. Now, uh, as to your question about multicoat red, I wanted to throw out a quick fun fact. It was originally called sunset red, but that name didn't last long. Uh, red was added in March of 2013. That's when production on multi red S's started. So the very, very first S's, the 2012's and the real early 2013's, like my cousin Pat's, it was not even available. Uh, So, uh, multi-coat red, to answer your question, as well as, by the way, the multi-coat pearl white, which is now the only white option, just like multi-coat red's the only red, it's three coats, to answer your question. I did look this up, I thought I remembered it, and it turns out I was correct, I did remember it correctly. It is three coats. So, uh, with that in mind, I wanted to offer a word of friendly advice, if I may. I would advise looking into getting an Expel or SunTech or whatever brand you prefer, but uh, just for sort of, that's common. Well, I'm just gonna say Expel for this case of this example. You might wanna look into getting an Expel wrap, uh, which is the clear, the protective clear film on at least the front of your Model X. The reason being is that that multi-coat red will be tricky to touch up or match if something happens to it and you need paint repair. Uh, and you know, w- with an X, you're obviously going to get, you've, you're gonna have a lot of gorgeous red paint right up there, up front, since there's no nose cone. On the X. And so that is just, it's just a lot of beautiful multi-coat red painted surface area. I would really recommend protecting that because that's going to be, you know, bugs and, and bird, just, just, uh, all sorts of, you know, ro- just rock chips. Also, you know, it, it, it's probably, it's be a good thing to look into. I'm not, you know, Hey, it's, it's not cheap. So, uh, I, I'm not pretending to say, you know, Hey, you, well, you got <laughs> it, you got to do it, but, you know, if if, uh, if you can afford it, it's probably worth the investment just to try and protect that, that beautiful multi-coat red front end. But just food for thought. Enjoy that Model X. Uh, hopefully you don't have too much longer to wait. Next up is an anonymous caller who uh, makes an interesting note about what happened to his car after his last software update. So I uh, wanted to... Play and then discuss this real quick So sir, you're on the air
5: Hi, love your show Hope you get your Tesla soon Uh, Question I recently did an upgrade From 8.0 To 8.2 On my Model S Vintage November 2015 And I did it while it wasn't plugged in And Before the upgrade It said there were 221 miles left in the tank. And after the upper grade, there were 223 miles in the tank. Seemed kind of odd to me. What do you think? So you did not leave your name, but uh,
0: nevertheless, sir, thank you for the call. And I believe I actually do know the answer to this. And that is Tesla changes how it calculates the range in the cars from time to time they they just they they change how it's presented to you it's happened before so it would appear that they tweaked it again with the update that you just applied now i trust that they're doing their best to make it more accurate and not less because i would think common sense would dictate that they sure that they wouldn't revise it upwards like that if they weren't confident in the number. I can't imagine they're doing it to give you a, a false, artificial, inflated sense of security uh, with, your, with your range as you're driving. Because you'd think, if anything, they would play it more conservatively. So the fact that they seem to have maybe revised it up a little bit, I would think that bodes well, and then it's, that's going to be an accurate number for you to, to go by. So thank you for that call. We've got one more call this week. It is uh, from Lars in Madrid, in Spain. He's test driving. He's actually got two questions, one of which pertains to a test drive he's got coming up. So hopefully Lars is going to hear this before he gets out on that test drive. Lars, you're on the air.
5: Hello, Ryan and MTB. This is Lars. I'm calling you from Madrid in Spain. I have two questions about Tesla that I hope you can help me with. My first question is about test driving the Model S. Here in Spain, there are no showrooms or service centers yet, but Tesla has recently uh, made test drives available for those of us who are interested in Tesla. And I'm scheduled to do a test drive next Wednesday. Woohoo! How do I get the most out of that? Uh, what should I look out for? What should I try and make sure I test on the car? Any advice would be much appreciated. My second question is I am a day one model 3 reservation holder and, but since I live in Spain all the way over in Europe and rollout according to Elon is going to start over near uh, LA and move eastwards I was wondering if you have any estimate of how long time it will take them before uh, delivery starts going out in Europe. Thanks. That's all. Thank you for a great show. Hi, Lars. Thank you for the call. Uh, Second question first, and that is,
0: I don't think there's much of a chance that you will get to take delivery of your Model 3 in 2017, even under the very best production goal circumstances for Tesla. I mean, if they stay on course, as we've talked a lot about this week, then I don't, maybe summer of 2018, because I, I suspect that Tesla is going to focus heavily on the U.S. market first. If uh, perhaps in order to help maximize the tax credit, because depending how many deliveries they make and how close that gets them to the the 200,000 uh, mark, it's not a cutoff of the tax credit, but it is the 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 trigger of it. Uh, Starting to diminish so it's it's the kicker that starts the that begins the expiration of the tax credit by you know it extends it for another quarter or two and then diminishes it for another quarter or two and then it goes away so uh i would expect north american deliveries to take a lot of priority first now the good news is you're a left-hand drive country so it's possible i have no idea to be fair but it's possible that you could see your car before the British do, because just since they're right-hand drive, and the, you know the Tesla will already all they'll be all geared up making left-hand drive cars. But again, you know being being a left-hand drive uh, territory isn't going to hurt your cause. That's for sure. Now, as for your first question about getting the most out of your test drive, since you're waiting for your three. And, and you're not, you say, you know, you're not actively looking to make a purchasing decision on the S, I would say this, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it as much as you can. You know, there's nothing you have to necessarily super look for or, or not, you know, be sure to not miss out on. But I, I would just say, you know, don't let the Tesla rep that, that'll be in the car with you rush you if you can avoid it. Uh, obviously be respectful to them and they, you know, cause they are trying to sell as many cars as they can. But, uh, but I would also say, don't be afraid to slow down to a near stop or a full stop if there's no one around and it's safe to do so. And, uh, you can, you can punch it from zero and <laughs> just nail, nail it, just hit that pedal and have fun doing, doing, uh, acceleration runs. So don't be shy about that. Uh, don't be shy about the rep judging you. Just you know, have have fun. Be safe, of course, but have fun. Uh, I will give you this recommendation: turn the radio off if it's not already off, so that you can listen to what I what in my opinion is the. It's in my opinion it's beautiful, but at the very least, even if you don't agree with that, it is such a change from the internal combustion engine cars we've all been driving our whole lives. Turn off the radio and just enjoy the silence of driving around in an electric car. It's pretty cool and it's kind of eerie. I think, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you may even want to roll down the windows for a few minutes while you're doing that. So you can just be, you can just be driving with no other sound other than the, the tire noise. So uh, maybe give that a try. And uh, the last thing I would suggest is try autopilot if you can. Odds are that your test drive route that the, the Tesla rep is going to take you on will probably include a place where you can use autopilot. So be sure to try it and have fun. I mean, have fun. That's, that's really the, the big thing is just enjoy it. I would, I would suggest bringing someone along with you. Have them sit in the back seat and maybe film your test drive from the back seat. Just so that you can go back later and look at your natural reactions, you know. Particularly, I did that with my cousin Pat for uh, for his Model X test drive last summer. He he, of course, owns a Model S, but it's a you know it's a very 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 early Model S, early 2013 build. So he doesn't have parking sensors, folding mirrors, let alone autopilot. It was his first time trying out autopilot, and I filmed it from the back seat and got to send it to him later and he just it you know he's he now has that moment preserved forever that that we're all going to have of that first time where you take your hands off the wheel and your feet off the pedals and you're just like whoa this (laughs) this is so weird so yeah maybe see if you can bring bring a friend or family member along to record you from the back seat so have a great time lars thanks to everybody for your outstanding phone calls this week again. If you have a question, a comment, a discussion topic, a reply to one of the other phone calls or something I've said this week, give me a call. It's toll-free. Uh, you can call any day or night, and the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or just record it on your voice memo program on your smartphone and email me the file, email me your recording. Uh, you can email me at teslapodcast.com. At gmail.com. All right, a few parting words here for you right after I take a quick breather. I want to first mention that if you intend to purchase a Model S or Model X, get yourself $1,000 off that car by using this referral code. Punch it into your browser. It's a short link ts.la slash jeff2311. That's J-E-F-F-2311. Uh, the, the Patreon, if you are curious to see how you can support the podcast, if you get a lot out of it every week, maybe want to help support me and my efforts here, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And on that note, I want to thank... The Patreon producers. This is the very excellent group of people who kindly support the podcast at the $20 per month level or higher. And those wonderful souls are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltauer, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, and John E. Ford, as well as Robert Miracle. So thank you all so much. Uh, I want to also mention a chance to save yourself from uh, some money on Tesla accessories, either for your car or just for you. If you visit abstractocean.com, they sell a bunch of cool Tesla accessories, both for the car and for you. Use the coupon code RTL Podcast, as all one word, RTL Podcast. Use that coupon code at checkout and you will get 20% off of your order. Subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. Check out teslarati.com throughout the week for uh, the latest and greatest in uh, the world of Tesla news. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And as I've mentioned a couple times this week, the show's email address is... Teslapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, most of you subscribe to the podcast already, but that is the and that is the easiest and most convenient way because then it just gets downloaded straight to you every week without you having to do anything. You can subscribe on most major podcast services. Those include iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or there's the hosting site where you can grab the RSS feed or individual MP3 files. And that site is Tesla spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Uh, thank you all so much. It has been uh one of the coolest weeks of Tesla News in a while, thanks to all these exciting new Model 3 developments. We're getting there. It's mid-February and it's starting to get real. I'm it's what an exciting week this was. I'd really I had an extra fun time doing the podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed listening. Again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. You already knew that. Uh, (laughs) This is Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast. And happy electric motoring. I'll see everybody next week.